Hi, and welcome to the Vine Community Church Podcast. We hope that what you're about to hear will help you to flourish in God's grace and bear fruit through loving God, loving each other, and loving our community. Good morning. My name's Tim Barton. I'm the pastor of Family Ministries here at the Vine. And this morning, I, I was thinking about asking you a question. And so here it goes. You ready for this? How many of you woke up this morning, and when you woke up this morning, (laughs) when you woke up this morning, your first thought was, or your first words were, I want to, you ready? I want to advance the gospel today. Yeah, I didn't think so. And I say that that way because the reality is, is that even if we woke up this morning thinking about making Jesus known, those kinds of things, we probably didn't use those exact words, right? We, but, but, um, and, and the reality is I had a little bit of an advantage because I was preaching on this today. Um, and so I was thinking of that, but, but many of you probably did not just wake up this morning thinking that way. And the reality is, is that it could be for, for many reasons, uh, it doesn't shock me that you weren't thinking that way. But... Maybe it's because of emotions or concerns you have this morning. Maybe it's because of your circumstances. And you may even be thinking, well, one day I might get to that, but I've got to get myself together first. I want to, I want to tell you today that, that it's important um, that we think about that. As, as, as followers of Jesus, that we think about advancing the gospel. And it's, it's important this morning um, that for us to look at that, number one, because we're continuing in the book of Philippians chapter one, and it's the next verses we come to, uh, verses 12 through 14, so we can't just skip over them, and we need to look at those together. Um, but it's also important because we need the gospel to be advanced in our own hearts. We need the gospel to be advanced in our hearts, and we are part of We are part of, with this church family and with people all over the world that are followers of Jesus, we're part of advancing the gospel to one another and to the world around us. So it's okay if you didn't wake up this morning thinking, I want to advance the gospel today. But I want to ask you to pray something with me. um, If you will, I want you to pray this out loud with me. Um, It's this prayer. And I'm going to say it now, and then we'll pray it together. Lord, please show me what it means for the gospel to be advanced in my heart and show me how I can advance the gospel to others. Okay, so if you're willing to do that with me, I want to pray that together out loud right now. You can keep your eyes open so you can read what it says. Okay. (laughs) Lord, please show me what it means for the gospel to be advanced in my heart and show me how I can advance the gospel to others. And Lord, as we pray that prayer this morning, um, the songs of the word we were just singing, the the words of the song we were just singing, Lord, I need you, um, are never more real. Because the battle daily is to, for the gospel to be advanced in our hearts, and the battle daily is for the gospel to be advanced to the world around us. And so, Lord, this morning, uh, we ask for you to speak clearly. 
Lord, people come in here today with all sorts of different circumstances, some we know, some we don't know. But Lord, we come to a place where we need you through your word to minister to us. And so we ask that by the power of your spirit, you would meet people where they are this morning. Lord, that you would give encouragement and hope where that's needed. That you would bring conviction um, of, of our sin where that's needed. Lord, that you would bring glory to your name and that that would be good for all the people that you've gathered here together this morning. And so we look to you and we ask you to work among us. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to look at Philippians chapter 1. Um, we're looking at three verses this morning, verses 12 through 14. And as you go there, you'll notice in just a moment that Paul starts this with, with a phrase. He says, um, I want you to know. Now, and I draw that out before we start reading because this is like when, when we say, I used this illustration a while back, a few sermons ago with, you know, with a little toddler and, and you grab their face and you're like, hey, pay attention. I, w- I want you to know. Well, well, Paul's saying to the church in Philippi, back who haven't seen him in a while, he said, hey, I want you to know something here because this is going to be different than what you expect it to be. So pay attention. All right, so that's what he's doing here. He says, and this is, um, this is God's word, verse 12. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. So the first thing we're going to see um, this morning is a confident view of advancing the gospel. We see that in verses 12 and 13. I'm going to read 12 right now. He says, I want you to know, brothers, again, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. So let's clarify a couple things. Paul says, what happened to me? I could assume that all of us remember that. Many of us probably do. But let me just get us all on the same page for a minute. Okay, when he says, what happened to me? Um, he's referring to what we see in Acts chapter 21 through Acts chapter 28. All right, and I'm, I'm gonna um, summarize that for you. In Acts chapter 21, Paul is forewarned through another person by the Holy Spirit, don't go to Jerusalem, or didn't say don't go to Jerusalem. It says, when you go to Jerusalem, you're gonna be um, in prison. They're gonna be, they're gonna be coming after you to capture you. So Paul didn't go, right? No, he went. He went. And when he went, or he went because he cared about the Jewish people. Because he cared about them knowing the good news of the gospel. And so he went. So he gets there and then a completely false accusation is made about him by his own people. By the Jewish people make a false accusation against him. He was nearly lynched by a religious mob and ended up in a Roman prison, having escaped flogging by pleading Roman citizenship. Then his whole case, this, this whole judicial case, legal case he's supposed to be going through, is this mockery of justice. Even though he was right, he, he couldn't secure a hearing. And he was made subject to unjust and unprovoked insult and shame. And throughout all of it, there's this malicious misrepresentation this, of this, and, and then a deadly plot to try to kill him. He's kept in prison unjustly. 
And then he's moved to Rome under house arrest. Oh, and if you don't, if you don't remember, while he's on the way to Rome, he has a shipwreck and has to swim for his life. A lot going on there for Paul. What has happened to me, as Paul says there? A lot, a lot in the background there. And Paul says all of that, when he says here in this one phrase, what has happened to me, he's saying all of that, all that stuff that has happened to me, all that stuff that you have heard about has served to advance the gospel. And then he gives evidence of that fact. And don't miss, this isn't like Paul's doom and gloom. Well, this is advancing the gospel. Paul's excited. He's like wanting them to know. He's saying, pay attention, let me tell you this. He says, verse 13, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. So let's talk a minute about this imperial guard and this imprisonment that Paul was in, because this context is important as well. Paul was being guarded by the imperial guard um, 24-7. That, this was the official bodyguard team. That's what I like to call them, the official bodyguard team of the emperor. All right? So this official bodyguard team um, has, has been guarding Paul. Um, and, and the way that worked was Paul would be bound to a guard, to, to, to a single guard. He would be bound to a guard 24-7, and they would switch. Some say it was every four hours. Some, would, some say it was every six hours. But they would switch um, this person that was, was this guard that was bound to him constantly. So what that meant was literally while Paul slept, while Paul ate, while Paul went to the bathroom, while Paul had visitors, he was, he was under house arrest for part of this time, so that was, um, that was allowed. While Paul wrote, while Paul dictated the letters to the people into the churches, there were guards attached to him. You see what's going on here? All these things we just mentioned, all these things are part of Paul's circumstances. And Paul, with this guard attached to him, after having been unjustly accused, after all he'd experienced, he could view this guard as a representation of all that he's gone through and just be angry. But for Paul, the guard at the end of the chain represented a person for whom Christ died. So he made it known in his actions, in his words, that his circumstance, his imprisonment was for Christ. I can just picture it this way. Taking a little bit of creative license here, and I'm not very creative, but um, a little bit of creative license here. You, you think about Paul, you see how excited he is about the gospel being made known, and you think about these guard changes every four to six hours. And you, they come and they change the guard, and the guard's sitting there. I can just see Paul looking over and like, it's your turn now. You see, Paul saw, they, they thought they had Paul in prison. No, Paul had them in prison at this point. This was a captive audience. They couldn't go anywhere. They're seeing everything that's going on in his life. Paul had confidence in Christ. We've defined that the last couple of weeks as a growing trust in Jesus that he has done and will do what he said he would do in every situation. See, Paul believed that he was a son of God. He was a son of God through what Jesus had done for him. 
Paul believed that nothing he faced in this life could take that away. So he made Jesus known. He told the guards and, and all those who would listen about Jesus. And we, we see that, that, uh, the, the fruit of that in, at the end of Philippians in chapter 4, verse 22. Because in chapter 4, verse 22, Paul says, um, All the saints, especially those in Caesar's house, greet you. So this same imperial guard that was guarding him also guarded Caesar's house. And you see what's happening there? These guards, Paul wasn't going to Caesar's house. These guards were going to Caesar's house and making the gospel known. The gospel was being advanced. So for Paul, he's drawing attention to the Philippians, reminding them that it's not just if and when I get out of here or when God delivers me of my circumstances, then I'm going to tell my story of imprisonment and people are going to come to know and trust God. No, Paul doesn't wait for his suffering to end. Paul doesn't wait for his circumstances to change. Instead, he's making the name of Jesus known. He's advancing the gospel to the very people who from a human perspective are responsible for his circumstances. So he's correcting what the believers in Philippi would have thought was going on. They hadn't heard from him in like several years. These people were dear to Paul. Paul was dear to them. Paul had planted the church. They hadn't heard from him in several years, and, and he's, he's correcting them and going, it's, it's not like you think this whole deal of me being a prisoner, being chained as a soldier, wanting to hear if I, waiting to hear if I'm going to live or die. It's not like you think. No. It is serving to advance the gospel. Now, I love this biblical word here, advance, or the, the word used here, excuse me, used here for advance. And it does mean literally to progress and advance, but the way it's often used um, in Scripture is to advance with resistance. That's in, um, through, through, in different places in Scripture. Biblical scholars would say that, and even in the Greek culture, that's, that's what this word would mean. So it's, it, instead of a lot of times we just think about, about advance in a military term of, hey, advance, that means we're just going to march forward in a line, right? We're just marching. We're advancing. But, but it's, it's more than that. It's, it's advancing, in a sense, under fire. Advancing with resistance is how this word is used. Or if you think about it from a sports analogy on a football field, a ball, or the, you know, advancing the ball down the field, the other team's trying to stop you from that, or advancing the puck down the ice, they're trying to stop you from that. And so it's advancing with resistance, right? All of this together has huge implications for us today when we think about advancing the gospel. But for many of us, even just using that phrase, that, that terminology, that's, that's somewhat church speak. So, so let, me, let me say it even more clearly, what I mean by that. It means to tell others about who Jesus is and what he has done for those who follow him. You get what I'm saying? It means to tell others about who Jesus is and what he has done for those that follow him. And then let me unpack that more broadly, more specifically. Advancement of the gospel is extremely important because all people are sinners who deserve God's wrath and judgment. But Jesus lived a perfect life, took the wrath of God that we deserve, and defeated the power of sin. 
Now all that come in his name might be saved, might be called children of God, might know that God is with us no matter what we face in this life, and might be changed more and more to be who he has called us to be through his word. That affects our hearts. Do we need to know Jesus more? Do we need to understand our own sin more? And trust in him? Do those around us need to know Jesus? Those in the world need to know Jesus? Yes, that, that is why we are called to be a part of advancing the gospel. And we'll see several implications. One, advancing the gospel is part of every area of our lives. Often when we think about this, and I, you, you hear this phrase, uh, we incorrectly think that the only place the gospel can be advanced is in the places, that, um, is the places where the gospel has never been. Now, that's a place that the gospel needs to be advanced, right? It does need to be advanced in the places that it's never been heard. And that's an extremely important part of advancing the gospel, but it's more than that. Because advancing the gospel, uh, let me give you some examples of where the gospel can be advanced. And I'll go through these quickly. We can advance the gospel or make Jesus known in the way we respond to our spouse. We can advance the gospel or, or in the way we raise our children and point them to repentance and faith while ourselves looking to repentance and faith. We can advance the gospel in the way we live and work in the world around us. We can advance the gospel in the way we play and find joy in the good things God has given us. We can advance the gospel students, kids, in the way we do our schoolwork, in the way we respect teachers, in the way we treat fellow students. We can advance the gospel in the way we worship and point one another to, to faith in our Lord Jesus. Yes, we can even advance the gospel in, as we hold babies or as we teach children. Second implication is that advancing the gospel flows from each circumstance in our lives. This goes back to Paul's plea for the people to pay attention. Because it was counter to what they would have expected to hear, he says, again, pay attention. You see, they saw suffering. They saw things they didn't understand. They wondered what was happening to this man they care about. They may have even been questioning the future of the church. And Paul says, no, I'm actually confident in Christ that my imprisonment is for him and for the advancement of the gospel. How does the gospel go to more places and more people most effectively? It's through the hard stuff. We see that all throughout the early church. We see that through church history. If we're honest with ourselves, often when we've seen the gospel advance in our own lives, has it been when everything's just easy? Well, it's often in the hard stuff. Why is that? I think often it's because the hard circumstances are what it takes to force us to have confidence in Christ. Confidence in what his word says is good. 
rather than confidence in our own ideas, our own schemes, our own strengths. And, and I know that's not what we often want to hear. Most of us in this room here are probably American, and that's not really what we want to go to. We prefer to rely on what we can control. We prefer to rely on what the world shows is, is this power to advance farther and faster. Or to rely on popularities or rely on our own schemes and strategies. Now, the good news is, is that some of you in this room, may, it may not take hard stuff in your life to become confident in Christ instead of being confident in yourself. There may be some of you. And I hope that's true for many of you, that you don't have to go through many hard things to be confident in him. But here's the point. No matter the circumstances, we have opportunity to prayerfully submit every circumstance in our life as an opportunity to advance the gospel in our hearts and to the world around us. And often we don't just, we don't stop and take time for that. Whether the circumstances are good or bad, to prayerfully submit them before the Lord as an opportunity to advance the gospel in our hearts and the world around us. And so I, I do ask you, and, and will you ask God to use every circumstance in your life to cause you to be more confident in Christ? Confident for him to work in your heart, to keep changing you to trust him over yourself or over others, to keep changing you to, what he, to, to want what he says is good for your life and his word, to keep changing you to follow and obey him while repenting of your sin. I didn't put those up on the screen. If you, if you want that little paragraph, just ask me. I'll be happy to give it to you. Or you can watch the video again on the website afterwards and get it if you want it that way. There's a third implication here, and is that advancing the gospel is done in community with one another. How many of you, well, I, I cheated a little bit earlier because I went ahead and asked you how many of you woke up and thought about advancing the gospel, right? And, and you already told me, you know, all of you didn't think about that first thing this morning, right? Here's the reality. We need one another. We need one another to remind us that we need the gospel advanced in our hearts. We need one another to remind us of where our confidence comes from. So often we're trying to get people to gain their confidence from us. How many times with your children have you tried to get them to have confidence in what you think is good and right for them instead of, here's what God says? Right? How many times have we taken a loved one or a spouse and we've tried to get them to think, see, here's some really good advice. Follow this. I read this book and I'm not saying all that's bad. 
But how many times do we go to that? Or, or I've got this answer for you versus saying, I want to point you to Jesus and his help and his love that the gospel might be advanced in your heart. Verse 14. Paul says, And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. So here's what's going on. Here's the implication here. Many of the Christians in Rome um, were being silent about the gospel because of the persecution that was going on around them. They had shown very little courage uh, for Christ. I, I even think it's something, something like to this point, kind of like we see with Peter when he's asked if he knows Jesus, that, that these Roman Christians, if they were being asked, are you a follower of, of Jesus? Are you a Christian? The answer probably would have been, at best, it would have been, yes, but please don't tell anybody. Now, they're profoundly inspired when they saw Paul being so confident, so sure, so bold under these circumstances. They are profoundly inspired by Paul's confidence in Christ. Please don't miss this, though. Yes, they see someone who is willing to suffer for the sake of the gospel. But understand, this isn't pointing them to their hero, Paul. This is pointing them to their hero, Jesus. The verse says, does it say they've become, become more confident in Paul? Uh, because of what Paul's going through, because Paul's looking to Jesus, because Paul's advancing the gospel, it says they have become more confident in the Lord. By his imprisonment, they have become more sure that the gospel is true. As Paul was confident in Christ, he was causing other people to be more confident in the Lord. And they were becoming more bold to share that good news with others. But I said it a minute ago. Advancing the gospel is done in community. We need each other. We need each other for this. The missionaries who go in other places, you know what? They need our prayers, they need our support, and they're bold to go out and to speak the word in that way. And they need the support and prayer. But, but back it up a minute. We've already said we all have a hard time with this. We need each other because advancing the gospel is done in community. I was just yesterday, um, my wife and I heard about the, which most of you probably did too, but the 7.2 magnitude earthquake in Haiti. And it's hard circumstances um, and it was especially hard for, for my wife and, and, um, and subsequently for us because it's right where she grew up. And so as she hears news, as things trickle in, she hears that um, the church where she grew up in had collapsed. She hears that the hospital where her family worked had been damaged. She's thinking of people there all the destruction and, and suffering that the people of Haiti have gone through. So it's a hard, I share all that to say it's hard. The circumstances are hard. 
This morning, I was, I was looking for a different thing I'd read about a week ago um, on Instagram about the, the, um, something that had been posted a week ago. And, and when I was looking, I, I saw something from, um, from Cuba, from believers in Cuba. Now, everybody knows what's been going on in Cuba, right? Chaos. <laughs> Food shortage. A lot of struggle. But you know what they were doing this morning? They were rallying, rallying the church of Cuba to pray for the believers in Haiti. You see, on a global scale, the church of Jesus needs one another. And we need one another day by day. I'm going to ask um, our youth ministry leader, Andrew, and, um, and then a couple students to come up. I'll let him introduce them. You see, we need each other as adults. We need each other as students. We need each other as children. And this last weekend, we had um, our refresh weekend where adult leaders were here pouring into student leaders, student leaders pouring into other students as well um, because we need one another. And I just want you to hear from them for a minute about how God was blessing them. Yeah, thank you, Tim. Uh, as he said, we had Refresh Weekend here last weekend, uh, a lot of our students here, and I, I wanted you to hear from them about their experience and how the Lord's been, as we've been talking about this morning, advancing his gospel in their own lives through this last weekend. So first, I'll ask y'all to introduce yourselves, give your name, and what grade you're in. So I'm Garrison Barton, and I'm a freshman. And I'm Amy Hilburn, and I'm a senior. Awesome. So, first question for y'all is, what was your favorite part of Refresh? My favorite part of Refresh was probably how we were kind of forced to be in community with each other. Um, I'm pretty new here. My family started coming in, like, the end of December. So, it was hard for me to get connected because I still had some ties to my old church and I was just busy all the time. But this past weekend... Um, because we were in like such tight quarters with each other, and we were kind of forced to cross paths with everyone, which kind of created this community. So now I feel so much more connected. Um, not only do I have friends, but I have like brothers and sisters in Christ that it's just made it a lot easier for me to slide in so I can have more accountability and just friendships there. So one of my favorite parts of Refresh this year was just hanging out with friends, uh, whether that was through competition or just having fun or good conversation. Uh, but one thing that was really cool to me was our time of reflection and worship at the end, uh, where God often touches hearts and minds, uh, whether that's through love, conviction, uh, and sometimes that's even just our fellowship. Uh, but towards the end of that, uh, me and my small group and a few others, uh, we stood up, uh, linked arm over shoulder, and we just praised God and built each other up by doing that. Awesome. So second question, last question is, what is the Lord doing in your heart through what happened last weekend? How is he encouraging you, maybe challenging or convicting you coming out of last weekend? So one way God really awed me uh, this past weekend was just our small group. Uh, our group of guys has changed a lot uh, from this past from the past year. Uh, we were often the last group into group and often the one of the first ones out. Uh, and most of our conversations were surface level. Uh, but this year at Refresh, we had much more 
uh, deep and focused conversation. And it was just really cool to see that uh, transformation in all of us. So something for me was, um, as long as I've been in high school especially, I've been like super committed to rule following um, to the point of legalism, um, which I think a lot of us struggle with on like for performance. Um, but prior to Refresh, I had been going through a particularly difficult time of just feeling like always beaten down by my inability to follow rules and just feeling like Jesus hated me because I was like such a bad Christian. Um, but between like the songs we sang, the fellowship, and just the messages were so poignant to my heart to remind me of the precious and gentle love of Christ, that he's our shepherd and he like he longs for us and he cares for us. He's always there for us no matter how many times we mess up. That's awesome. Thank y'all so much. There are many ways um, that we encourage and support one another, remind one another about this advancement of the gospel. Um, this is just one way that is so encouraging. And I also, um, you know, I could, I could think through small group leaders and life group leaders and, um, you know, different, all sorts of different things throughout the church. Um, but today I want to ask if um, those who are discipleship group leaders for the, the students, middle school and high school, and those who are volunteers in the children's area, the ones that are not serving in the back, most of them are here at nine, um, if you would just stand up for me, please. I'm looking around to make sure nobody's hiding and not actually standing up. Let's see. I think we're good, maybe. Um, so I want you to look around for a minute. The students need to be reminded, the, um, the children need to be reminded that they can be confident in Christ and that they are a part of advancing the gospel. But I also want to say that, that these leaders who are pouring out their heart and lives into the lives of these children and students, they need to be reminded. And so today, um, we're just going to take a few minutes and I want all, all of you to just join us in prayer. Um, I'll ask Andrew to start, and then, and then John will pray, and I'll, I'll close this. But I'll just um, join us in prayer that God would speak this truth of, of confidence in Christ to these leaders, that he would show them that, that he would strengthen them to advance the gospel into the hearts and lives um, of our children and students. Father, we just thank you um, this morning for your church. We thank you that you've given us one another, uh, that none of us stand on an island alone, uh, but Lord, you have given us a church family and a body to grow in confidence in. As I look out uh, at these volunteers and leaders, Father, I just thank you that they are taking a step in faith and being obedient to serve the church. And Father, I just pray for blessing and fruit in their ministry. I pray, Lord, whether they're here on Sunday mornings or Sunday nights or whenever throughout the week serving uh, the kids and children and students in this church, uh, Lord, that they would have an amazing impact of advancing the gospel in the lives of our students and children. Uh, Lord, that their confidence in what they're sharing doesn't come from their own ability, but Lord, it comes from what you have done and are doing in their own lives and the truth of your word. 
And so I pray that that truth would go out strongly and in power to the children and students of this church. And that more and more lives will be going from death to life in this church. And life that's found in you through their service. We praise you, Lord, that we serve a God who is both holy and gentle of heart. God, as these leaders come that to serve our children and students, we pray for your empowerment. God, you, by your Holy Spirit, would strengthen them by your grace, Lord Jesus. And that you would cause their hearts to overflow with love for our students and our children. And God, that you would knit our hearts together as a community of faith. We praise you, Lord. And so, Lord, for each of these um, volunteers and leaders, um, also for Andrew and for Tori with our middle school and high school ministry, for Beth with our children's ministry, Lord, we, we set them apart for this work that you've called them to. And Lord, we ask that you, Lord, would show them that you are the everlasting God, that you are the creator of the ends of the earth, that you do not grow faint or weary, that your understanding is unsearchable, but that, Lord, you give power to the faint and to him who has no might, you increase strength. Lord, even students and children, Lord, even these adult volunteers will grow weary at moments. But Lord, calls them to wait on you to renew their strength. Lord, as you renew them, as you give them that confidence in you, would you cause them to mount up with wings like eagles? Lord, that they would run and not be weary, that they would walk and not faint. Lord, as you use them to advance the gospel in the hearts of these children and students. And so, Lord, we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at thevinecc.com, download our mobile app, or visit us on Facebook or Instagram at thevinecc. Have a great week.